um, about the about watching thoughts. Um, <coughs> to keep the labeling or noting, um, at least for myself, is to keep it really soft and, and, and as simple as possible. Um, at different times, if the same thought keeps coming back again and again and again, and as you note it, and it doesn't seem to be going away, to look for some, some underlying emotion or feeling that's connected with that thought is helpful in, um, in the noticing. I'd like to take any uh, questions uh, anyone has about any of the instructions so far. Yeah. Um, particularly note about the walking. When thoughts become quite obsessive when you're walking, you're really no longer with the experience of just the walking. You're actually in the thoughts themselves. It's better just to stop. To use uh, the noting at that time, if, if you want to be more specific, uh, it's your top ten tapes that you always play and, and to be able to uh, note that. And uh, it's really about being with what's happening and that's what's happening in that moment. So allow yourself to stop and uh, experience what that is and then begin the walking again. Again, a lot of times there are these thoughts that are just, uh, they're sort of in the background of the mind, just there. And uh, sometimes it's, it's sort of like the clouds, very small little clouds in the background. You don't have to uh, pay so much attention to them if something is stronger. It's whatever is the most dominant uh, in your um, uh, process at that time. So, um, and same times with hearing and, and uh, sensations. If it's just, um, just sort of there without being uh, dominant, then go back to the breath and... and uh, the other thing find. is, most of the time I catch the thoughts in retrospect. In other words, I've already come back out. Mm-hmm. Is it worth labeling, you know, that I was thinking, so to say, or wake up, <laughs> just drop it, and just continue to meditate. Person, I just drop it at that point, <laughs> you know. Okay, and move on to the next thing. Again, it's it is as the retreat progresses, uh, you can observe that you. Okay, there'll be a lot of times. Sometimes minutes afterwards, you realize you were thinking. Then. Little other times they'll be right at the end of the thought, you'll be there and you'll be able to know you're there. And other times you can catch it right in the middle. And it's helpful just to know that where you are in that process. And sometimes when the mind is really quiet, just at the horizon when that thought arises, you can just observe it's arising and be able to note it as, as thinking or, or whatever its uh, component is at that time, you know, fantasy, planning, uh, remembering, and it just will vanish right there on the horizon. So this is, uh, 
I don't know what more to say about that. (laughs) What just arises and passes away. (laughs) Yes. Well, the first thing I want to say is this isn't. Yeah. First of all, this is a, a retreat, and um, this is really the opportunity to observe those experiences in ourselves at this time. And at the end of the retreat, we will uh, discuss uh, ways of um, incorporating those into our lives because they are there are the 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 string of moments that, that uh, are, the, they are the motivator. They are our friends in that way that I, when I spoke about the hindrances that night, they're not things really that we should push away, but we learn to be with and experience them completely. And with that comes the integration. And so we'll discuss that uh, more towards the end of the retreat. For now, it's really being able to... Um, in this quiet period, to be able to know when they're there and to make friends with them now. Because uh, when we do go out into the world, when we have made friends with them, then they become part of, of tools. But at this point, when they are just, uh, they're unknown, basically they're unknowns to us. They're there, we don't know they're there. They're running our lives. We're puppets on a string to those. So does that? And we we will discuss that later. Thank you. The frogs were great. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Clearing out all the 
all of 92, now we're into <laughs> the great clearing winds of 93. <laughs> Yes. I have a question about feelings. You know, we're asked to observe feelings. And I've been trying to do that. Like, I was kind of very upset yesterday, and I had like a whole range of what I thought were feelings. And I would go into them, and then I noticed that actually all these things are like a set of sensations. And I didn't really find any what I thought, okay, that's a feeling. Like a feeling is something else than a sensation or not. And then I thought, okay, you know, what, okay, sadness. And I would like, you know, have a, a, a set of sensations, but then without any sensations, there's just emptiness. And then I thought, what are, what are feelings? Uh, the question is, what are feelings? It's an excellent question. Um, okay. <laughs> Don't look at me that way. And then you can say, what are thoughts? That's right. <laughs> I, think, I think you really answered it in the sense that it's a string of sensations. They're body-based experiences, which... Um, have a series of uh, thoughts that uh, are connected to those sensations. It's got, got any better answer? <laughs> I always thought it was different. I always thought that feelings were something different from sensations. Yeah. They can be sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. It, it, the, you can experience things very directly in your body. Even a thought will register in your body if you pay attention carefully. There's a sensation, subtle, that comes with various thoughts. As well, you can experience a thought independent or, or a little bit separate from the sensations in the body as uh, pictures or words. But the body, our body always reflects what's happening. The same for feelings. Sometimes feelings are quite predominantly experienced just as sensations, sad or happy. Sometimes you will notice that there is, it's, it's a mood like the clouds John talked about. There's a certain mood of sadness that you can feel reflected in the body, but it comes independent of just the sensations. What becomes interesting is just to continue to ask that question or to be aware of the nature of feeling nature of thought and how it arises and, and moves in experience. It's about 9.15 right now. Uh, so there are, there are uh, interview lists on the board and uh, I think most of them start just, uh, yeah, this morning. So, Is there any other announcements that 93 has brought around? <coughs> yes. Yes, you can start the new year any way you like. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Enjoy the day. View and continue the development of the instructions. Our task in the meditation, sitting, walking, eating, working, as we are here, is to develop the quality of mindfulness, to stay in the present moment and sense clearly and directly the experience of the moment. Out of that, both understanding and compassion will grow. The common word for mindfulness in Sanskrit or Pali is a compound word, sati sampajanya. The first part, sati, means noticing or being aware of what is present. The second part, sampajanya, sometimes translated as clear comprehension, means in noticing what is present, noticing as well the context or the way that whatever arises is happening. In the meditation as you sit, You have been asked to be aware of the breathing as the central focus of the meditation. And then to shift to body sensations, feelings, sounds, thoughts, when they become strong for you, noting each one when they are predominant. That is the aspect of mindfulness, to know or sense directly what is here. The aspect of clear comprehension adds a second question, a quality of noticing what is here and what happens to it. So if you are feeling the breath rising, and falling, you want to be aware, or in and out, you want to be aware of the breath coming in, and then notice when it stops. When the out breath or the falling happens, you want to be aware of the breath going out, and you want to notice from the beginning through the middle to the end of wherever that sensation appears, you want to notice when it stops. Notice the space between breaths. If there's a sensation that becomes strong in the body and calls your attention, such as an itch or a pain, you want to notice it, itching, itching, or pain, pain, feeling it closely. Is it made up of prickles or tingles or fire or heat? Noting it softly to yourself, itching, itching, or pain, pain. And noticing what happens to it. How long does it last 
as you note it in a simple and spacious way, itching, 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 maybe three or four times, and it gets stronger, and five or six times, then it dissolves and goes away. Feelings may arise, the mood of sadness and grief, or desire, or restlessness. When you feel the feeling of restlessness, experience it directly with awareness, noting it softly, restless, restless. Feel it in the body, feel the emotional quality as well. And as you feel the restlessness, notice what happens to it. Restless, restless, Does it get stronger? Give it space to be as big as it wants, to move or change as it will. Simply being aware, restless, restless, restless. Does it dissolve? Does it turn into something else? Restless, restless, that passes away and all of a sudden it turns into fear. Ah, fear, fear. Noting the fear for as long as it's present, feeling how big that becomes until it passes away. Then returning back to feel the breath. Using the mindfulness and clear comprehension to be aware of what is present and to notice what happens to it, to sense its arising and changing and passing away all on its own. There's a quality of learning or discovery in that. Each thing that you pay attention to, each experience that becomes the subject of the meditation, will have a song or a dance. It will arise, a breath, a sensation, a feeling. It will exist, it will get bigger or change in some way, and it will pass away. Stay present. Notice what is here. Notice the arising and changing and passing. Naming it softly if the labels are helpful to you, but mostly being aware of the process. Naturally, there will be many times when the mind fills with thoughts or memories and you are lost. As soon as you wake up, simply note it, thinking, remembering. Usually the thought will disappear at that point, just on its own, that's fine. When it's disappeared, noticing that, then return again to the in and out breath, or rising and falling, noticing that as it arises, (coughs) exists for a time, noticing when it passes away. More and more deeply surrendering into the present.
So we've gotten to a point in the retreat where things have settled down since the first day to some extent. And it's not that it gets better and better and better, it more comes in waves. Certain sittings will be quieter or walking periods more focused and then again the arising of thought or restlessness. But the settling down process is that capacity to be present as those waves move through uh, our experience, our consciousness. Are there any questions about the instructions at this point and working with practice? Yes. Could you please discuss further the last subject you spoke of yesterday morning, which is to say feelings which do not manifest also as physical sensation. And you mentioned uh, mold, but uh, that's not quite it for me. I, I seem to experience uh, delicate changes of, of feeling, yeah. which are completely without physical sensation as far as I can tell. No, that's fine. Feelings have a physical dimension and they have a dimension in the mind, if you will. Mind meaning the, the greater sensibility that's not body, that includes intuition, feelings, images, thoughts. It's simply to be aware of how you notice feelings. For some people, they may be predominantly a physical experience. Grief or sadness or anger may predominantly be felt through the body. For other people or at other times, it may be a more subtle sense of mood. You wake up and your eyes are open and all of a sudden you notice the mood of irritation is there and it's not just the body, but there's some subtle flavor or fear that's there as a non-physical experience of feeling. Simply be aware of how you experience it yourself. You'll notice as you pay attention also that the various subjects of our awareness in the space of mindfulness have different speeds. So that when you notice thoughts, they tend to be the quickest. A thought will come in and catch you up and you'll be You'll have gotten on the train and be halfway to Chicago before you wake up. And all of a sudden you'll notice, I was on the train, or um, at the end of the thought, or sometimes in the middle, occasionally, as we said in the beginning. The thoughts tend to move quickly. When you notice thinking, because especially if you use the noting, thinking or remembering, that itself is a thought, when you notice it, it tends to dissolve. That's just its nature like fog under the sunlight. Feelings and moods tend to have a bit slower rhythm. So if there arises happy or sad or fear or joy or anger, and you note it, fear, fear, it may stay there for 10 or 20 labels if you use the noting, the naming of it, and it will have a certain presence, maybe in the body or mind felt in different ways, 
and then it'll pass away more slowly. Some physical sensations will last quite a long time, especially things due to posture, pain in the back or the knee. And you might note pain or tightness or burning and be aware of it. And as you bring your attention there, it will be changing. It will get more and less intense and vibrate and and twist. And you will notice change, but the basic sense of that will last for a long, long time. In that case, you can note it for a time, burning, throbbing, tingling, itching, as it is. And when you've been with it and feel that you've made your peace with it, when you're able to be aware of it without resisting or grasping, just noticing it, after some time, then you could go back to your breath. The point is to be present with the breathing and the other experiences that become strong with that sense of spaciousness and openness that begins to sense how they each arise and change and pass on their own. Other questions, please. She asked, at the end of a sitting, she felt a great deal of physical energy. She wondered whether she should still walk very slowly and use it for focus or walk more quickly and let that energy then be matched by the speed of walking. Um, In general, I think that you uh, will find it more helpful to vary the speed of your walking depending on the state that's present for you. So if you're quite sleepy, you might find it helpful to walk faster just to rouse energy. If you feel settled and quite concentrated, you might find yourself getting up to walk and going no farther than the next walking room and moving in slow steps, lifting and placing, or even several more parts of the step, just feeling carefully that. Many times after a sitting, particularly if there's energy built up, you'll find yourself naturally wanting to walk faster. Fine. Just be aware of the contact of the floor, the movement of the body, feeling that energy. And then perhaps after half an hour of that, it might settle down and the walking naturally will get slower. So by the end of the walking period, you find yourself moving quite slowly. So you can use the speed of the walking. Walk at what speed helps you to stay most present. That's the basic principle. So the question is about being aware of what she called negative, which in a way is 
the painful emotional states, such as fear, anxiety, anger, and so forth. With those states, as well as other feeling states, there comes usually a story as well, a set of thoughts. How to be aware of the feeling without getting off in the story. Anger or fear are good examples. Fear is almost always generated with a story about what will happen. We're not afraid of what's here. We may not like what's here. There may be aversion. But the story then says, it's going to get worse in spades, and here's how it's going to do it. (laughs) Or anger. You feel the anger, and then the story comes, he did and she did, and it's unjust and unfair. The story you already know. know. You've already heard that record. And it can play, you can play that record as many times as you want. So when you're sitting and the feeling of fear or anger or grief or whatever comes, together with a story, what you want to do is take the needle off the record. Let go of the story and instead feel the feeling in your body, if that's how you experience it, or in the body and in the mind, naming it, focusing on the feeling itself. Fear, fear, sensing the fear without the story. That's why the, the labels, even if you don't use them much, I find them most helpful for feelings and thoughts. Thinking, fear, fear. Name it and sense how long does the fear last while you name it. Or how long is the anger? Or what does it turn into? Maybe you know fear, fear, and you feel it. This isn't telling the story now. And then all of a sudden the fear turns into terror. Okay, terror, terror. I'm going to die of terror. Dying, dying. That's there for three or four or five or ten labels. Then the dying passes away and you realize, all right, what's here now? Oh, it's back to just fear. Fear, fear. And then that passes and you're peaceful for a moment. You say, oh, I did that really well. Pride, pride. (laughs) And that goes away and then you get afraid again for a moment. And then that passes and you get quiet. So it's sort of a whole a whole series of feelings, and then you're back and you're just there with the breath. So it's to be aware of the body, the breath, the feelings, and when the story comes, not to go into the content of the story, not to follow it, but rather to stay with the feeling itself. One more. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you call that normal, <laughs> for you, it absolutely. And there are two things to say. Sometimes one will get quiet in meditation, and if you were to be aware of any feelings, and by feelings I mean what state is present. They might be calm, or peace, or contentment, or a subtle happiness, or ease, um, or the feeling of just openness. There are many subtle feelings that aren't sad or angry or something like that. And so that there's always a feeling tone present. Not only pleasant and unpleasant, but there's always some kind of mood that's present, some feeling, some state. Um, but when they're that kind, 
Mostly you're just aware of your breath or your body. That's fine. No need to look for or make sad or angry or some storm. Half of you have storms. Half of you don't on a particular sitting. It also is by temperament. Some people have a lot of feelings that come in their sitting. Some don't. Take what comes. Your task is to sit and be open to what is present for you and not to compare it or or try to make it any particular way. The reason I've talked about feelings is because the questions were asked, and also it's a place where some people find themselves easily caught. If you're sitting and it's peaceful or calm, terrific. Be aware of the breath, and you might once in a while, maybe once in the sitting, notice what feelings are present. Ah, spaciousness, or calm, contentment, just that. Then we're about to go for walking and interviews again. At this point in the retreat, one other thing to be aware of that can help the whole process deepen the opening of the practice, and that is to really work with the continuity. Most of you have done retreats before, at some point or other. Um, Sitting and walking are the obvious practices. Let yourself begin to really take a a care and an enjoyment. It doesn't have to be heavy-handed, more like the tea ceremony or ballet or something. Letting yourself be aware as you fold your blanket or shawl, as you stand up, as you begin to walk, as you take a drink, um, if you go uh, and you have a work period of chopping vegetables or sweeping or cleaning, Um, as you open the door to your room. Take your time and really let yourself notice the arising and passing of each event, touching the handle on the door, the opening of the door, just for its own sake. Um, Sitting down in a chair, the sitting down process. Let all of that be part of the mindfulness and the whole thing will deepen a lot. If you did even one day here where you really took your time and was present with each thing that you did in a, in a, in a lovely way, uh, in a se- with a sense of kindness and graciousness, but real attention. Even in the course of that day, you would sense yourself getting more and more here, more and more open in some way. So it's really worth working with that. You might notice the intentions, intending to open the door, intending to stand before you change your posture or make some dramatic movement, there'll be that knowing that you're about to do it. Just be aware of that and then doing it. The loving-kindness meditation today will be at the 2 o'clock sitting. So enjoy the day. Thank you. So to continue reviewing the meditation instructions, remembering that meditation is making contact with life. And when we do so, the secrets of life are revealed, the messages of life are conveyed. 
usually we think that our thoughts about life is what the living experience is about. But as we move into our practice, we begin to see that the concepts we live by really distract us from this moment of time. And so meditation is re-entering, repossessing the space where we live. It's a continuous process, not just when we sit or when we just do walk, formal walking, but is accessible virtually every moment all day long. When we get up to when we go to sleep. So arriving into the meditation hall is itself as much a process of meditation as the formal sitting. Sitting down, rooting ourselves in the earth, opening ourselves up to the experiences that are all around us. Owning our place, where we are, our position. Beginning by relaxing areas of the body that hold tension. Such as the shoulders and neck, the abdominal area, Softening the mind, allowing the day's activities to recede in memory so that we can bring ourselves fully present. Beginning by focusing on our breathing, either at the nose tip with a soft mental label of in and out, or at our abdomen rising, falling, just experiencing the process of breathing, settling back, letting the experience come to us rather than leaning into the experience. If, while we're following the breath, another sensation arises which predominates over the breath. It could be a sound, a physical sensation such as pain or tingling, itching, the feelings of heat and cold. It could be an emotion, fear, depression, sadness, or what we call positive emotions, such as joy, happiness, feelings of contentment. One of the hindrances 
desire or aversion, restlessness, sleepiness or doubt. Or a, th- a thought. But whatever arises that predominates over the breath, take your mind off the breath, resting with that experience, with the same degree of care and attention that we gave the breathing, noticing it, opening to it, seeing what happens to it, catching its beginning and its ending, and what the next thing is after that. And when it subsides, moving back to the breathing, resting with the breath, until another sensation arises. If there are several things going on at one time, then just picking one and staying with it. Sometimes it just feels like the whole day or the whole sitting should be held to the breathing. And that's fine. Today we're also going to elaborate a little more on intentions. The intention. Before every action there is an intention to act. It's the mind's knowing that the action will be taking place. And it feels like an impulse that that is going to happen. To become aware of that is a refinement of our attention. So that right before the sitting is over, and when the bell is rung, to notice the intention to open the eyes, to stand up, to move, to begin walking meditation, to start walking when we stop. Because intentions follow every activity, they are extremely subtle. And so it's major postural changes where we, can, we are most likely to be able to pick them up. It requires a very careful listening, a fine-tuning of our attention. But when we can catch the intention, we also have the freedom not to do, not to follow. And so we can break a long string of habits if we tune in to this facet of our mind. Also, notice the pleasure and unpleasant qualities of things today. The relationship we have with things. If pain arises, notice the unpleasant quality of pain. If an emotion arises, notice whether it is pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. Again, It's the feeling component, which is often our relationship, which establishes 
a whole reactive pattern of liking or not liking. And so to become familiar with that begins to develop a mind which can be equanimous regardless of whether the pleasant or unpleasant arises. We have a little time for questions, if anyone has any, about the practice in any way. (coughs) Yes, please. It's a very good question. The boundary between unpleasant and then disliking or liking and then judgment. Part of the purpose of meditation really is to begin to study that and to distinguish one piece from another. As you pay attention You will notice what we talked about even on the first night, that every moment of experience has a tone to it of pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. With those tones, there arises a habit of response. You can notice it in the body. For example, there may be a pain that comes in your knee or your back. What are, the, what are the kind of unpleasant experiences you commonly have in your meditation? Yeah. Annoyance and anger, (laughs) judgment and getting pissed off, stuff like that. (laughs) Yes. They're all laughing because they do it too, you see. Okay, let's start with the, the pain in the leg. As you sit, when the pain comes, you can begin to note and then distinguish the different parts. You'll feel the pain... And if you feel it, it has heat or fire or twisting or some kind of pressures, direct sensations. Then often, almost immediately, there will be a contraction around it. You'll feel your body tighten up and the mind tighten up with aversion. I don't like this. I want it to go away. So using the mental noting as a way to help clarify it, at first you could simply note pain, pain, but then you become aware of the contraction and the not liking. You could switch and name that. You could note aversion, aversion, and just feel the whole contraction. And note that for a number of times. Aversion, aversion, aversion. 
maybe 10 times, 15 times. And at some point you'll notice that it softens. When you give it space, when you allow it and pay attention, it will soften. And then after that, you can go back and simply be aware of the pain. There are two quite distinct processes. Then you'll notice that your mind might do something, says, well, that's okay for the moment, but this is gonna last the whole hour. I can't stand this. I'm not even sure why I'm doing it. Um, And so there's a kind of series of thoughts which you could call judgment. At that point, you could note judging or thinking. So rather than saying what should happen in relation to the pain, you can use it as a way to study the direct experience, the aversion and contraction, and then the thoughts about it, which are judgment. Now, as for the unruly behavior of people around you, it will come as you sit in the form of sounds, people sniffing, coughing, swallowing, moving, dancing, whatever they do around back there in your corner of the room. And again, if you pay attention, you'll notice different levels. First, you're sitting there feeling peaceful. Then there's sound on your ear. (coughs) You know, whatever it is, right? And it's just sound. If a truck went by, you wouldn't be so upset. It would just be the sound of the truck going by. But there's that sound that comes. And then immediately, if you notice... There'll be a, you'll, you'll be aware that there's a painful or unpleasant quality to it. It's unpleasant. That's just its nature. It has that. Maybe it's rough or coarse or you're in a quiet place and it feels like it's abrasive. Immediately there will be a contraction. That's the second layer. You can just notice that. Then the third layer will be, I wish they would stop or move or I hate this or my mother taught me you should always do it more politely and kind of, the various judgments, you know, or someone sitting on the bench putting on her judicial robes, bam, guilty, um, you know, saying you shouldn't do that. As a thought, you could begin to distinguish those, and you can name that judging, judging, or contraction, contraction, for a while, ten times, contraction, contraction, just allowing it to be there, aversion, and eventually it will soften again. And then you can just hear the sound. You can work even more directly, as you sit and something like sound which bothers you comes repeatedly, you can sit and wait for it and say, let me just feel my breath and notice how often sound comes and what its quality is. Maybe there'll be some pleasant and some unpleasant sounds. There might be a little ping from the radiator. You know how it does that. It sort of makes a little pinging sounds, oh, that's pleasant sound. Someone coughs, oh, that's unpleasant sound. The wind, oh, that's a pleasant sound. Then it gets very quiet and still, that's pleasant. Then uh, somebody moves, oh, that's an unpleasant sound. And you can just begin to notice that. When you can begin to notice pleasant and unpleasant experience with an open mind, and with some sense of compassion, with some sense of kindness for yourself and the whole noisy world that we live in, what Zorba the Greek calls the whole catastrophe. When you can notice that with some kindness, then you notice, oh, there's a moment that's pleasant, 
there's a moment that's unpleasant. There's a sensation that's unpleasant. Oh, now there's a softening, that's pleasant. And you begin to feel it more as a dance. And then the judgments might come and you say, oh, there's judgment, that's unpleasant. Notice that has a certain quality. And it passes away and you find a place of some rest in the midst of that whole dance. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It's easier to describe than to do. <laughs> Please. How do you think? people cover their face when they cough or when they sneeze. Well, that's a reasonable that's a reasonable request. You could put a little note on the board that says please if if you have a cold or you cough or sneeze, please cover your mouth just in consideration for others. But then as you travel through this sorrowful world, there will be those who behave according to certain standards, as Miss Manners would lay them out. And there will be, whether here or even if you could get everyone here to behave in a particularly polite or certain way that, that you would seem most fitting, you will also find when you return out there to that world that people will not always do that, will they? And I'm going to travel this winter to India. And coughing and sneezing is the least <laughs> of the problems one encounters there. So then what do you do when people don't, when the whole world doesn't do it right? Then what? Well, just sit and open to it. What else? Hmm? Allow it. You have a choice, really. You could be annoyed. You could be very angry, you could sit and fume, which we all do sometimes. You could actually do that for as long as you like. <laughs> you could be impatient for a long time. And then, what can you do? That's my grandmother used to say, what can you do? <laughs> right? It is the way it is. There's a certain kind of suffering that's just the unruliness of life. This, that's a kind of free translation of one aspect of dukkha that the Buddha described. 
It's a place where compassion and metta become really important for oneself because there are all these things that impinge on us in many different ways. Just a little bit here, but you're quiet and sensitive to it. But ride in public transportation or drive in traffic or go work in a hospital or a school or, again, travel. Things where you're not just protected and it's just the way things are. And so it takes a lot of compassion for yourself as well as for others, to be able to find some peace of mind, really is what we're talking about. What brings peace of mind? What brings an ease to your heart, even in the difficulties of the world? And so the fact that difficult things come here is not such a bad thing, really. And it's the place where you learn some of the most important things in the meditation. And that's why we pay these other people to be unruly, so that you can (laughs) learn from them. So, today is Sunday, and there are, we're still kind of in the middle portion of the retreat. There are several more days to practice. It's not really such a long retreat in some ways. It may feel like it at the beginning, especially for those of you for whom a week or 10 days is the longest period that you have been on a retreat. But it goes by pretty quickly toward the end. In the beginning, it's forever. Toward the end, it starts to go by quickly. And it is precious, in part because you never know that you'll ever have a chance to do this again. Circumstances can change. So use the time really well for yourself. Today's a day you could really do it as a dance, as a tea ceremony, standing up, sitting down, walking, taking uh, your food, making it all really a place to return back to yourself. Noticing what annoys you, noticing what you like, pleasant and unpleasant, and finding a peace of heart and a clarity, a wisdom in the midst of that, a compassion for yourself and the world. So um, use it because it is precious. It's really rare to have this kind of support and time, and you don't know whether you'll be able to have such a peaceful space again. Really, we don't. Thank you. to see if your intention is to have a certain kind of meditation, if there's some 
subtle wanting for easy breath or an opening or perhaps some fear of pain or tiredness. See if this is true for you. Allowed to be acknowledged. No judgment, just noticing our intention for this sitting. And then allowing awareness to come to the sitting. Allowing the weight to be given in to the ground. Relaxing into the support of the cushion or chair. Opening to the breath in the sitting. Listening into it. Rising or falling, in or out. Not with the eyes. but with the body into the feelings. Hot, cold, tingling, stretching, pulling. See if you need to come even closer to allow these sensations to come into focus. so that they're clear. Know this is what is happening. Do you know it? If feeling, any kind of feeling, is primary, calm, or joy, allow this to be acknowledged. It might help to label it until it goes, or until you return to the breath. If the experience of pleasant or unpleasant becomes strong, allow these two 
to be acknowledged and labeled. (coughs) If thoughts arise, allow these to be acknowledged and labeled. creating a struggle of wanting it to be different. But whatever the experience is, allowing it to be acknowledged. It's okay. Becoming very intimate with the feelings of the breath. beginning, the middle, and the end of each inhalation, the beginning, the middle, and the end of each exhalation.
this is the last full day of our retreat. We haven't done it yet. We haven't talked about breaking silence. One of the last. <laughs> It's like the dessert. We've worked through the main courses. Now we're at the sweets. Especially pleasurable time. See if you can allow today to be a really deep invitation to fall into the practice, taking a special care with everything that you do, lifting the cup, feeling the weight in your hand, knowing of the weight, lifting the fork to the mouth, tasting the food, seeing what happens to the tasting, following it, tracking it, really sinking into this relationship of being present with all the activities of the day. It really can be the most special time of a retreat because we have worked so hard up till this point. So see if you can be there to appreciate all the benefits of the efforts that you've made up to this point by continuing to be present through all the activities of the day. Are there any questions about the practice? The meta practice today will be at two. Have a happy day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.